Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this first Sunday of Christmas, the second day of Christmas. As always, it's a joy to worship our Lord with you. Uh, just a few things before we begin our service. Uh, first, as a reminder that your January newsletters are in your box, so if you haven't picked them up, make sure you grab those on your way out. Uh, also, if you ordered poinsettias, please feel free to grab them on your way out of the service this morning. Take them home and enjoy them. Uh, also, a reminder that our annual congregational meeting will be Sunday, January 9th, immediately following the service. Uh, at that meeting, we need to elect four new council members and approve our annual budget. Uh, so please plan on attending. Uh, finally, prayer request. Uh, continue to pray for Greg Luchenko, who was admitted to Lima Memorial earlier, earlier this week and is looking forward to surgery this coming week and some recuperation. So please keep him and Denise in your prayers. Are there other prayer requests or other announcements for the congregation? Yeah, Judy. Okay, is it June? June Fields. June Fields, okay. All right, if there's nothing else, I invite you to take a moment and prepare for worship. This morning we have a special prelude, and I know we're going to enjoy it. Brooks and Lottie, very much enjoyed and appreciated. Congregation, I'll invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Almighty God, 
to whom all hearts are open, all desires known and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Let us pray. Shine into our hearts the light of your wisdom, O God, and open our minds to the knowledge of your word, that in all things we may think and act according to your good will, and may live continually in the light of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Samuel. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. His mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift she made to the Lord. And then they would return to their home. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow, both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. The word of the Lord. Today we will be reading responsibly Psalm 148. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God in the heights. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. Sing praise, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, heaven and heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, who commanded, and they were created. Who made them stand fast forever and ever, giving them all that shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Wild beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Sovereigns of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the world. Young men and 
Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name only is exalted, whose splendor is over earth and heaven. Readings from Colossians. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe, yourself, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Now every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look. Your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was, Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, o Christ. Please be seated, children. I invite you to come forward for our children's message. You guys are so beautiful. You blend in with this poinsettia so well. <laughs> uh, so I have a question for you. What do you want to be when you grow up? Is anyone brave enough to share an answer with me? Yeah, Clementine wants to be a dentist, and Magda wants to be an artist, Alice, 
physical therapist. Yeah, Brooks. In the Navy, yeah. Silas, you have an answer? He's not sure yet. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, those are all great, uh, great dreams to have. Uh, I'll tell you mine. When I was a kid, I really wanted to be a politician, like a senator or something. And um, thankfully, the Lord spared me from that. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't get into that, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, but in our gospel lesson this morning, we hear a story about Jesus' parents leaving him behind in the temple. They'd come to Jerusalem to worship, uh, and when they left, they thought he was with family and friends. Turns out he wasn't, and they left him in the temple, and I bet they felt pretty bad, didn't they, because they left Jesus all alone in Jerusalem in the temple. But when they get there, Jesus isn't scared, he isn't alone, he isn't worried. He's sitting among all the teachers and the preachers and the priests in the temple, He's having conversation with them, asking them questions, giving them answers. He's like an equal with them. Even at 12 years old, he's like an adult. He knows as much as all those teachers know. But one of the points of that story is that it shows us that Jesus always knew who he was. Right? He always knew who he was going to grow up to be and what he had come to earth to be and what God had in store for him. Jesus knew he was always going to proclaim God's kingdom. Jesus always had an idea that he was the savior of the world. Right? And so Jesus wasn't just given up to circumstance. He didn't know what was going to happen. No, he knew that God was directing his life. Well, it's also true for you. Whether or not you grow up to be a physical therapist or in the Navy or a dentist or an artist, you might, or you might not. I didn't thankfully grow up to be a senator, but the point is that God has a plan for you. He is going to direct your ways. Nothing will be a surprise for God. Right? Your life is known to him. And because he loves you, because he's never gonna leave you, you can have confidence and be certain that God has good things in store for you. Let us pray. Lord, help us to trust you, to know that you are leading our lives and that we will grow up to be whatever it is you have in store for us. In Christ's name, amen. All right. Miss Judy brought special candy canes for you all, so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, our gospel this morning makes the Holy Family very relatable and very human. It reminds us that though Mary and Joseph, they seem so innocent, so pristine, so perfect in the nativity story, they still have the struggles of life that we all do. Right, and our gospel lesson tends to make an emotional connection with every parent who reads it. Mary and Joseph lose a child, and not just any child, they lose Jesus. And so great anxiety sets in as they wonder where the 12-year-old Jesus could be. Well, if you're a parent, you've had this moment at some point. 
right? Your child is hiding somewhere. You don't know where they are. Your child has walked off. You can't find them right away. Uh, I've never done this, but maybe you've left a child at a gas station on a trip. You forgot to pick them up after practice or school, right? And you, there's this immediate sense of panic that sets in. I've lost my child, right? And then there's that sense of guilt. You feel that it's all your fault. If you've only been more careful, paid more attention, lock the door, whatever. You all at once feel worried. You feel guilty. It's a terrible, terrible feeling. And so Mary and Joseph feel this way as they journey back to Jerusalem and they find Jesus whom they've forgotten after the Passover. Mary even scolds Jesus. Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Jesus, however, cannot be scolded. In the earliest recorded, the first words we have of Jesus are found in his response to his mother. Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Well, there's a great deal to be unpacked in those two questions. Right, but the heart of what we're going to unpack here is that we learn that Jesus' whole life is set to accomplish the will of his Father. Christ has come to bring to fruition God's plan for creation. That's a simple statement. But what we see in Jesus, even at that young age, is that he's quite aware of what he was born to do. The question Jesus asked of Mary and Joseph then is, why don't they seem to know this? Right? Mary, who gave birth to Jesus as a virgin, whose birth angels announced, whose wise men visited with royal gifts, who fled to Egypt for safety, right? Joseph, who witnessed all of these things only 12 years ago, Jesus is asking them, why are you so anxious? Right? Why is panic set in? If God has sent Christ to fulfill his will, then his will is going to be accomplished. Right? And so we see that Mary and Joseph's anxiety here seems to show a lack of complete trust that God is acting through Christ. Right? And Mary and Joseph's anxiety, they forget. Being caught up in their troubles, they forget who Christ is. Right? And has Mary really forgotten it? So one of the pivotal interactions here is between her and Christ in the scene. Notice what Mary says to Jesus. Your father and I. Your father and I. Joseph is not Jesus' father. Right? Joseph is a stepfather, a guardian, but not Jesus' father. Mary here does not make that distinction. And so Jesus turns her statement around and says, Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? It's a gentle reminder to Mary of who he really is. He's the only begotten son of God the Father. Right? Christ is true God from true God, begotten, not made from all eternity. Who is Jesus? Well, he's fully God. Joseph is not his father. And when Christ sits in the temple, it's there. He's sitting in his father's house. But this gets us to the true heart of the story and why Luke tells us this story. So I know I have a tendency to pick on Bible translations, but here it helps again to understand Jesus' point to talk about a translation issue. In the Greek, Jesus does not actually say, I must be in my father's house. Rather, it says something more like, I must be about my father's things, 
my father's business, my father's affairs. In any case, it's not necessarily that Jesus is suggesting that he must be in the physical location of the temple. Instead, he means he must be about his father's household affairs. In other words, he must be preparing himself to be accomplishing what his father wants. And what is it that his father wants for him? Here Luke gives us some subtle reminders. Right? Notice that Jesus says, I must be about my father's things. That word again, must be. It's elsewhere translated as it's necessary. It's necessary for me to be about my father's things. But Luke is setting us up to make a connection. So in chapter 9 of Luke, Jesus famously tells Peter and the disciples, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That's the same word, must be. Jesus must be rejected by the elders, he must be killed, and on the third day he must be raised to life. Right? Just as he says in our gospel, I must be about my father's things. So in the story of the 12-year-old Jesus, all of these things are foreshadowed. Jesus is in Jerusalem among teachers who will later come to reject him and have him arrested. Jesus will be away for three days in Jerusalem until on the third day he is found resurrected from the dead. As a 12-year-old, Jesus is preparing himself for his passion, for his death, for his resurrection. Right? That's his father's business. That's what the son has come into, into the world for, to die for the sake of the world. Right? And, and it might seem just odd to us for Luke to conclude his first two chapters of Jesus' infancy with this story. Because so far we've heard about angels visiting We've heard the story of a miraculous conception and birth. We've heard beautiful songs and poetry. We've heard prophets speaking over Christ in the temple. And now we get this little mundane story about a boy just being forgotten in a public place. Something that's not such a rare occurrence at all. It's happened to a lot of us. So what is Luke up to? Well, Luke is reminding us that in birth, the extraordinary events of Jesus' life and the ordinary activities of Jesus, there's really only one end to Jesus' ministry. Jesus has come to be rejected. He has come to die. Jesus' life and ministry were not first about miracles. They were not first about the appearing of angels, anything like that. Rather, Jesus has come for the cross. And we're reminded that Jesus coming into the world was not blind luck. It wasn't fate. It wasn't something that just happened. Jesus' is coming into the world has been God's design since the beginning. In Revelation, we're told that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All of history was leading up to God's word becoming flesh, dwelling among us, and dying for us. And all of history is now directed by Christ's death and resurrection. Every event in the Bible, every event in the life of Christ and the Gospels has one ultimate focus, that Christ has come to die for us. That's the heart of Christmas. This is the heart of what we celebrate in Jesus. Christ has come into the world 
to be about his father's business. And that business is to bring about the forgiveness of our sins and to reconcile us to our creator. This is who Christ is. And even these early stories about Jesus, his birth, his childhood, they make this clear. Christ has come to die to restore our relationship to God. And so in our text, at Christmas even, there's a time to ask, what Jesus then are we searching for? Right, we see in Luke 2 that shepherds search for a child that the angels announced to them. We see that Herod searched for Christ to destroy him. We see that wise men searched for a king to worship. We see in the temple that Anna and Simeon searched for a child who was coming to be the Messiah. And now this morning, 12 years later, Mary and Joseph are searching for one they believe to be missing. And in searching for the one they believe to be missing, they've forgotten all the promises of God about this child. They've forgotten who it was that they were really searching for. Who do we search for then when we come to worship Christ? Do we look for the one who will make us feel good about life? Or do we look for the one who will forgive our sins? Do we look for the one who will solve all our problems and make life easier for us amidst all of the troubles and anxieties of life? Or do we search for the one who has died for us and who is the very source of life? Do we search for the one who will validate all of our political choices? Or do we search for the one who is about his father's business? Like Mary and Joseph, all of us are searching. But Christ tells us this truth clearly, that we will find him about his father's business. In other words, we will find him at the cross. We will find him dying for us. We will find him accomplishing the will of his father who loves us. Amen.
together let us stand and confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. <clears throat> Almighty God, Heavenly Father, by the incarnation of your Son, you have brought light into the darkness of this world, and by his sinless life, you have assured us that we are your children. Fill us with joy so that we may faithfully proclaim the good news to all people. Lord, in your mercy, Restore all who are recovering from natural disasters, all refugees, all homeless, all imprisoned, that the coming of your Son will bring hope, healing, and new possibilities for them. Lord, in your mercy, protect and guide all families. Give them the grace to support one another and help each other grow in godliness and wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, Comfort all who have no family or, or who are estranged from their family. May they experience love and acceptance in the community of your church. Lord, in your mercy. Touch all who are grieving, especially children who have lost parents and parents who have lost children. May they know that you are with them and may they draw strength and hope from Mary, from Joseph, from Christ our Lord, who experienced great loss and pain in this world. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, guide and defend the President Joseph, Congress, all judges, and our Governor Richard Michael to lead us into justice and peace. Preserve in this land the freedom to serve you. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, here today are prayers for all who cry to you for healing, remembering especially Bob, Steve, Chuck, Nancy, Donald, Greg, Ray, Amanda, Dwight, Marilyn, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Carolyn, and Jane, have mercy upon each one, heal them from their afflictions, and bring them joy. Lord, in your mercy. And receive our praise for the faithful lives of the saints who have preceded us in death. We thank you for the witness of the Virgin Mary, for St. Joseph, for all of the saints, and pray that like them, we might point others to your Son. With them, bring us and hope to the day of our resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. All of these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share signs of Christ's peace with one another. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. And Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord.